Welcome back to the Wolf of Queen Street. Welcome back to the podcast series. If you listen on the audio series or on the video series on YouTube, welcome back. This is a podcast series for entrepreneurs to tell their stories of the challenges and struggles they've gone through over the last 10, 15, 20 years, depending on how long they've been in business and where they are today and what they're achieving through hard work, hard work and dedication. Today, I'm joined by Michael Lane, the Managing Director of Success Resources. To anyone in the Australasia, UK and American market, if you've ever gone to see Robert Kiyosaki, Richard Branson, Tony Robbins, Gary Vee, or Grant Cordone, fundamentally is that high chances is success resources. And also, Michael Lane is likely standing behind the stage as they've been in business, um, or the success resources brand has been in business for, I think it's going on its 27th year uh, this year. And they are doing over 500 or 530 odd events a year to change people's lives, but inspiring them with the right speakers that are important for that culture in that country at that moment. So Michael, welcome to the show. Thank you, mate. I appreciate you having me on the show. That's great. So one of the big things that Michael talks about is that proximity is key. It's something that a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of big people out there talk about is that proximity is key in getting close to what you want to achieve. Now, just take a bit of a backstory from myself and the Success Resource brand and, and Michael himself is about two years ago on NAC Auckland 2018, Gary Vee came over for the first time. I went in, uh, it was at the Cordes Hotel. I was lucky enough. I went down, had a ticket, stood there. Gary came and did his whole promo. Um, someone actually got his beanie. Um, someone asked on stage. I was lucky enough to stand up and ask a question, which is on his podcast. At that moment, I fell in love. Not I'd known Gary all the time. I fell in love with success resources and the brand that understood that. From that moment to where we are now, and Michael can confirm this, and I'm sure he's got on his desk at the moment the police form to the restraining order against me is for the last 18 months or two years, the proximity key is how I've got him on the show is every time there was an event, I reached out and said, hey, Michael, I love the event. I'd love to have a chat with you. I'd love to meet up with you. Every time there's an event that I went to that Michael was there, I've been lucky enough to have a 30 seconds of his time or 16 seconds of his time and knowing that when he's running these events, he's exceptionally busy. So I would go over and go, hey, Michael, Lawrence here. Hope you have a great day. Have a great event. Maybe we chat a bit later. We did that at Tony Robbins. I saw him again um, at NOC 25 in Auckland last year. And we've been in contact ever since. And I think it's one of those things that a lot of entrepreneurs or startups or small players forget about. And what you talk about, proximity is key. There is ways to get in front of the big players if you take your time and you have a, a respect and a manner of how you do it. Would you agree, Michael? Absolutely, Lawrence. And, and I think you've played this to a T. And, you know, I have a lot of people come up and say hello. A lot of people say, thanks for putting it on. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of people hit me up on DM and go, you know, this, this, this and that. But the class and the style in which you did it mm -hmm. made it memorable yep. and it made it enjoyable. And having known you now for a year or so, you know, I know where your heart is and I know how much you want to serve and, and, and you're a good dude and that, that just helps. So... You, when you understand this proximity play, yep. I believe you can get in front of anyone. Mm -hmm. So you did that. You, we, we stayed in constant contact. Every time you came up, you shook my hand. It was short, sharp, and memorable. And I mm -hmm. think that's an important piece in trying to connect with people that you want to do business with. You know, now when you said to me, hey, I'd love to have on the podcast, it was an absolute yes. Mm -hmm. It's been a yes for a year because yep. played the cards right. So um, I'm huge on proximity is power. Uh, I use it constantly in my life and I would fair 
go as far as to say that a lot of the business that I'm doing now came from me planting a seed a year or two years earlier that now I, you know, do some business with some pretty cool people, but I followed that process and you did it to a T. Yep. And I'm, and I'm happy. And it's something I try to speak to a lot of people, but is having an understanding, like, cause people come out on the stage, you see, you see it. So if you ever go to a success resource event, a big one, and the likes of Gary or Grant or Tony Robbins, Michael will be, there's no doubt about it. He's backstage listening. And Michael can tell you how many times, thousand times event someone goes hey Grant, can i get two minutes of your time hey gary can i get five minutes of your time i'm going to change your life the likelihood that person ain't going to change his life in two minutes because those guys they are the a game and they know their shit but the big thing is about taking the time and building up the relationship in sort of the mid-level and in the top level and as michael said before hey does it in his day business today is last year they celebrated um success resources celebrated 25 years sorry in 2018 was 25 years of business so they launched the nac 25 world tour um, in 2019 which included the powers powerhouses of grant cordone and gary v now one thing you don't realize is how to try and manage to get those two biggest people in the same room in the same couple of hours in the same city moving back and forth but not just only that Michael can be able to say it because it's actually online at the moment is Grant wasn't number one on the list originally. It was Jay Shetty. So he went through and went to meet up. And I think to anyone that is listening today, um, need to make sure they go onto the Success Resource Australian Facebook page, find the NAC World Tour vlog series and watch it through because that, and Michael can speak about it at the moment, is was a process where Michael worked with his team and said, okay, guys, for our business today, in the culture today, these are the 20 most important people we want to get on stage for people to listen to. We work at the top. It was Jay Shetty number one, and then Grant Cordone and Gary Vee, and depending on which um, city and place they went into, and it's something I take my hat off to you, Michael, is you guys looked at the culture you went into, so not just to bring the same team every city, because someone that's popular in New Zealand or someone that's popular in Australia won't do anything in America, for example, the same as when you went to Dubai and so forth. You've got the right culture. But the biggest thing which I saw was you went and saw Jay Shetty, looked like what is great, and then Jay Shetty and the relationship, not the relationship didn't work, the timing didn't work. So most businesses these days are in shit, I threw everything in on number one, he's turning around, I'm going to give up now and I'm going to step away. But you've been Michael Lane and Success Resources, that's not what you guys did. No, look, you know, um, that was a long process too and, and I uh, – Thank you for, for making reference to that. That short series was just in, uh, the making of the 25-year anniversary mm-hmm. tour. And if you have seen that, I know you have, then you'll see probably 12 months of hard work going into a 7- to 12-minute piece um, documentary or back, but behind the scenes. But the amount of hours, the time, the amount of speakers, the amount of people who said yes, then no, then no, then yes. And, and when you think about you know, 24 cities around the world, you've got to think about timings and locations and what's going on in their core businesses. So it was a difficult one. It was probably the most difficult tour I've ever done. But, you know, we had to have a long list. We had to have a list of people. We had to be conscious of people who would say no or it wouldn't work in their diary. Mm-hmm. Where people, many people said yes. Yep. Timing didn't work. So, you know, that's business, right? And in our business, to give your audience some kind of idea is that, Every single event we run has to be different. We have to take into consideration the culture, the location, the demographic, 
the geographic, um, who, what's topical in that region right now. Australia and New Zealand, you know, we're at the forefront of, um, of financial education. Correct. You go to Asia, you go to South Africa, you go to um, Middle East, they're at a different stage in that educational you know, sort of cycle. Then you've got America's on a completely different um, wavelength. So we need to be conscious of that. We need to understand our clients' needs. We need to understand the next two to three year journey of where the client's going to go and the economics around what that region is going through. So, you know, Lawrence, it was, it was probably one of the toughest things I've ever done, putting a tour together like that. But I'm so glad we went through it. I'm so glad we found a way. I mean, I had people halfway through it just pull out. Mm-hmm. And I had people... Um, in the planning process with signed contracts, then something came up and they couldn't do it. So this is business. This is the entrepreneurial journey. And for me, I do 500 plus events a year and I, every single one has to be different. Yep. Even an, even an unleash the power within with Tony Robbins in Australia is different to what happens in the UK. Correct. So, you know, most businesses, they have their core product or service. And they just go deliver that however they can. Um, every year they might bring on one more different marketing channel or joint venture channel. I don't have that luxury. Mm-hmm. I have to use my whiteboard behind me and go, I've got 500 events that need a theme, a topic, a speaker, and a vision. And it can't be the same as the 500 we just did. So it's a unique environment. I love it. Um, and, you know, we're just getting started. And it's something... I speak about a lot, obviously paying attention to people's states. Michael knows that's been part of the Robbins family. He pretty much gets Tony over and his, his, his famous board is literally all the big guys and shaking hands. But I, I do like it sometimes when I go on your social media and you've got that little giddly smile when you've met someone, um, someone new over in the UK or in America and you, and you meet up with these big celebrities because you meet them all the time. But then when you meet someone new, Michael was standing there, have this biggest, cheesiest smile. And you know what I'm talking about. He's doing a bit of it now at the moment and going, hey, I'm with this next guy. And I know that he's thinking he's going to try and pitch him and go, hey, I love what you're doing. Build the relationship, that first piece that when he, when he meets him again in a month or two months time. But as you said, um, paying attention to the state, and I see Michael talking about the business at the moment, just a bit of a backstory about Michael. Michael has been owned or run nine different companies in his era of 20 years experience. One of them is actually listed on the Australian Stock Exchange at that time period. He also speaks about being a business owner to having an understanding of being an entrepreneur today. And my next question I want to go into, and this is sort of a how long is a piece of string, and it's an interesting one in today's dilemma is people calling themselves entrepreneurs when they're actually business owners and business owners not understanding that they're actually entrepreneurs. What's your consideration in that? Because I know you said that you felt you were an entrepreneur 20 years ago, but you were actually only a business owner. Yeah. Look, there is a, there is a vast difference between them. And um, I think most of the population don't understand or the business population don't understand the difference. Um, and let's be clear, you don't have to become an entrepreneur. You know, entrepreneurs become this exciting buzzword that's got a lot of momentum right now. But I kind of wish I wasn't an entrepreneur, and and I'll and I'll come full circle to that in a second. But we live in this business environment where most people are building something to change the world in some way. Mm. They start a business, and they might have that business or that core plan that core outcome and they start a company and they run that that's a traditional business owner Mm -hmm. 
an entrepreneur to me is somebody who is wired differently. They're constantly looking to find a gap in a market, a bridge to something else, or solve a problem in some way, and they can't turn it off. They've tried, it doesn't work. So it's a very confusing component, and most people think, oh, yeah, I've, I, I've thought about solving that or this. No, no, no. If you wake up every single day and you cannot turn your mind off and it's constantly trying to figure out a way to do something, become something, solve something, more likely than not, you're an entrepreneur than a business owner. Now, let me explain what the difference is, right? I, I grew up in the business environment. I, I started mm-hmm. businesses. Um, I was an ideas guy. And I was, as the ideas guy in a soul business, I had to execute those ideas. As I've grown in my, I suppose, my business and in different businesses, I've now distilled the taste, I've distilled it down to, I come up with the ideas because this is what's going on and I execute it to a business owner to implement it. So there's a lot of people talking now and going, yep, I've just started this. I'm a business. I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. I do this. An entrepreneur is somebody who's constantly working on growing the business. A great example would be if you've got a general manager, mm-hmm. a general manager is really the business runner, the business leader. Um, so for me, you know, I'm an entrepreneur. I figured that out. Um, I don't like doing fulfillment and that's a yep. great example, right? Um, if you're sitting here listening to this and be confused because it is confusing. Um, if you love implementing strategies that are given to you or delegated to you, I would say you're not an entrepreneur. You need to be making them. Yeah. And if, if you're somebody who loves the whiteboard, loves coming up with new ways, loves going out there and pushing the envelope, but hates getting on the phone, hates doing other things. You're probably not a business owner. So, (laughs) There's a fine line and every sort of six months I'm delving deeper and deeper into the psychology of an entrepreneur versus a business owner. But what I've figured out from this is every business needs two. You need an entrepreneur and you need a business owner. You need, you need the strategist and you need the executor. Mm-hmm. The executor is the business owner. Yep. The strategist is the entrepreneur. And in most businesses, They've figured out one strategy and now they spend all their time executing it and they never see the scale that they're after. I figured out and many people before me that if I keep filling the funnel with new ideas, new opportunities, new ways of doing business, new ways of getting my business out there, then I can grow faster. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of my psychology is that just the difference and there's no wrong or right. As I said, I'd come back to it. I've always said, I hope my son is an entrepreneur, but there's a big part of me who thinks I hope he isn't as well, because I know what I've had to go through. I know who I've had to become. (laughs) I know that I can't turn this off. I know that it's a wiring in a very particular way that I wish I could just unplug from it from Mm -hmm. a day, a week, a month, but I just can't. I understand the way I'm built now. And I've got to go and serve my vision and purpose with that personality. And for me, that's an entrepreneurial personality. 
That's a great answer. Um, and you're talking about your son. Hopefully he doesn't say he wants to be a YouTuber because both my kids want to be a YouTuber. And I think oh, it's the common uh, <laughs> that's the common theme at the moment. But hey, there's a lot of money in it. Look at Ryan's story review. What do you make? Five million last year as a six-year-old or seven-year-old. Crazy. But that's advertising for you in any way. Just to uh, do a couple of a couple of points we discussed at the moment is obviously talking about the entrepreneur and the business owner and your evolution over the last 20 years in nine businesses. You have said before previously that, but you have now found what is your passion. You have now found your place in the market. You're an entrepreneur. You're doing what you're passionate about, and it has taken time. We continuously see people that come up and go, okay, I've come up with one idea. I want to implement the strategy. I call myself an entrepreneur, and in not giving it time to embed or the success to grow. Grant Cordone, what was it, only when he was late 30s, early 40s, did he actually start making it through? He was, he was no one in his 20s, right? In his 30s, the same. Right. So him today in his, I don't want to say Grant's age wrong, but his mature age today. And if he's, Grant, very, he's very immature. Yeah, I know he's very immature. I've had a chat with him. He is very immature and stuff. But I'm saying, but a lot of people go, oh, I want that, I want that. Grant's past 50. The last 20 years he's had to give to do that. And in the first 20 years, he did nothing. So people a lot of times forget to see the journey that's taken. Look at Gary Vee as well um, when he started uh, Wine Library and how much time he spent on all, on all those videos and that. And he was ahead of the game. Yes, he's one of the savants, Jay Shetty, so forth. But people forget, and that's eight years, 10 years, 12 years, 14 years. So it's something interesting. And I'm sure you, have, you see people and have those discussions about be patient, slow down, Take the strategy, work it for 12 months or 18 months or two years, come back and see if there is a small increment of change to positive, that means it's working. And I'm sure it's, it's a challenge you see even in your space because you've got some young members in Success Resource. I follow most of them at the moment. I see them around an event and I can imagine they're quite passionate themselves. Yeah, look, 100%. And I would, I would actually say, you know, and, and I know you've heard me talk about this, is having an entrepreneurial apprenticeship. Yep. Uh, which is, you know, go earn your apprenticeship, go learn under someone. Mm -hmm. um, you know, this region is especially, but I think globally, we've lost the whole apprenticeship mentality. Um, but I left too early. I actually came to this business in my first version of my, my time with the company and I left within 18 months to 24 months because I thought I could do it better myself. You you started you started on the call on the phone, right? Weren't you starting as sales, right? And that came Correct. from you. That came from you actually attending an event originally about empowerment and betting yourself, and then drew you in to be on the phones. Hundred percent. I started when I was twenty three here, commission only. Started on the phones. Um, first three months was horrible. Did not make a cent. Then figured out I got to start learning and putting you know some time into developing myself. Then it, then I got it. And I earned good money quickly. So much so that I started to go, huh, I can, I can do this myself. Mm -hmm. And I went and put together a tour in Australia. And it did so well that I left here and went and did that and made some good money. My point is, though, I left way too early. Mm -hmm. uh, Tony Robbins talks about there's different seasons in business, just as there's different seasons in life. You need to stick around for at least all four seasons as a minimum. Now, that's 12-month period. I would actually suggest that most people should go work under somebody for at least five years. Mm -hmm. That's a proper up and down cycle in most businesses these days. You know, we're, we're moving so quickly as an, as an economy, as a region, as 
as as a as a sector in entrepreneurship and personal development that we're growing quick. Five year period, you're going to see some lots of ups and downs. Correct. And you're going to see things. If a five year period was back in 1972 to 1975 or 78, you wouldn't see much difference. It it mm. is what it is. But my advice to anyone listening to this is: I don't care if you're in your 30s, 40s, or 50s. You've still got plenty of time. Go find a mentor. Go work with somebody. If you can't leave your existing day job, do it on the evenings or the weekends and go get your entrepreneurial apprenticeship in the environment, belly button to belly button, with people who are dealing with the solutions of that sector. Uh, do that and then when the time is right, go do what you need to do and start the thing you want to do. You start the thing you want to start. But I think we've lost that and Correct. I'm bringing that back um, or definitely within our business. But I just think it's something that should be spread globally is just go, we don't need to make all this money in two, three year period. Mm -hmm. It's unrealistic. It's a time frame that you've put on yourself that the clock is ticking. And, it, you know, from a mental health perspective, what happens if you don't hit that time line? Yep. And, so, that's a, and that's a challenge. I've, sp I've spoken about this before previously with uh, someone else on the show. The example was taking an 18 or 19 year old kid straight out of um, high school or going to college. Those guys are motivated. They're driven. Most of them are in the business game. I've already been in the business game from 13, 14, 15. Taking an 18 year old and saying, okay, I want you to wait for 10 years to 28. And most 18 year olds will say, no, I'm not going to wait till I'm 28. Go to most 30 year olds and say to them, or go to most 40 year olds or 50 year olds and say, hey, if you waited when you were 18 to your 28 and you'd be successful by 30, would you do it? And they said, hell yes. Because hindsight, right? And that's what yeah. we're talking about at the moment is be patient, be waiting. All these guys that are up there, no one makes it quick on a dime. Yeah. And a person makes it quick on a dime, him or her likely won't be able to handle it because success that comes in a minute will also break you in a minute because it's, yeah. it's, it's the same as money. People wish for money every day. People wish for the lotto. Give some guy $10 million and he's only used to having $100 in his pocket. He's not going to know how to manage that. And it's going to affect him and it's going to affect his mental state and so forth. Completely agree. Um, it comes down to the psychology and the financial intelligence uh, mm -hmm. as well. So, you know, the, the, the one constant thing that everyone should be doing is investing in themselves. Yep. And I'm not talking about coming to my events. I'm not talking about buying things. I'm talking about go read a book, go read mm -hmm. something online, um, spend 30 minutes listening to podcasts. Listen yep. to this podcast every single time listen to a podcast three times yep so that, that's the never-ending constant and that needs to continue for the rest of your life and if you understand this you know your mind will expand and you know your consciousness will expand and therefore you will attract and become a better version of yourself by investing in yourself so completely agree so I'm just going to I'm just going to push the uh, direction a little bit more edgy in as we go. At the moment, you're talking about coming to an event and going, and you know, not, not necessarily a success resource event. Anyone that's gone to a success resource event or a day event, it's normally one main or two main speakers filled up with anywhere between four to six fillers, let's call them, from the person that opens with the MC and it goes forward as they goes. As I've seen, I've accrued at these events, I've accrued multiple events, and to anyone that's listening, if you ever want an inspiring experience, go and crew and go and help out and go and help people in, on these journeys. But there's always the question I get from people around there, and I'm sure, Michael, you get it a few times and raise it and go in, 
why am I getting pushed for sales? Why am I getting pushed for this? I'm coming to listen to Grant. I'm coming to listen to Gary Vee and he doesn't sell anything, but I've got to listen to three people who are selling a product and I feel like I'm trying to be sold to. I know it's a question that gets asked around the brand and that stuff, but it's just something I thought I'd ask you so you can come back and have your say about it. Yeah, no, I love it. And I love addressing this because, yeah, it's, it's under no illusion that our whole business, we're a sales company. We mm-hmm. sell educational courses to help people shorten the learning curve so that they can go off and do what they want to do. Um, to give you some idea, we've had a relationship with Tony Robbins for 25 years now. Mm-hmm. That's impacted probably four to five million people. Those four to five million people have gone on to make massive changes in their life. Some have gone from zero to billionaires. Some have gone to start the biggest charities on the planet. That became that, that all started for those individuals at an event when they made a decision that life was going to be different. Now, from that, um, they can opt to obviously come and go to one of our events, go to see Tony, Graham, mm-hmm. all these guys, even Gary, we're, we're doing events with now. So for us, our whole core business is based on that. If you understand our business model and when we put a Gary V in Auckland for $39, mm-hmm. it's clear to say that we're not going to make any money off that. And we're totally open to that. What we are hoping for is that 10 to 15% of those people will say, you know what? I'm at a crossroads in my life. Gary said something. Tony said something. Grant said something today that has tweaked something to me. Go, why would I continue going down the path I'm going and not be happy, fulfilled or successful? Mm -hmm. So we are gambling and hoping that 15% of that audience go, you know what? I will buy Tony's program. Yep. And I will hopefully change the direction of my life. And we're also very comfortable that 85% won't. I have no problem that those people turned up, got $39 for a ticket, probably got $500 worth of value from mm-hmm. the one speaker that they wanted. And they'll come and probably never do a course or a program. I'm totally okay with that. But every single day, Every single week, every single month, I get an email, a DM, or somebody stops me. I had someone stop me at the airport the other day and go, I just want to let you know that I went to a Tony Robbins event back in 2007. Since then, I've started a new business. I've done this, and I now employ 47 people. Mm -hmm. Those stories for me validate how important it is that we keep doing what we're doing. So I boldly say I have no problem that we have a very – clear sales component in our programs. Um, You know, there's another event that I think back to last year where 47% of the audience actually put their hand up and said, you know what, I need to make a change in my life and invest in a different program. That's an overwhelming number. That's not our 15%. That's 47%, which tells me, wow, we got that right. We got the mix of speakers, the mix of experts, the mix of educators, and the clients obviously need this help. So, you know, we, you know, for years it used to be this stigma of, oh, we turn up and we get sold to. I'm like, well, yeah, because the person sitting next to you probably is in a, not in the same position in life that you are. And they probably don't have the luxuries and the benefits that you do and need someone. I personally was that person. Yep. My very first program I invested in was 23 years old. I spent $6,000. I did not have that kind of money. Mm-hmm. That program was not an SR program. That program changed the course of my life forever. So I'm a product of the product. Um, I'm still a student of the product. 
Um, this year I will go and do three or four events that I will attend, not an SR event and some of us events, some are not SR events and continue to learn because I know it'll change the trajectory of my life. So I'm passionate about it. I do not take a backward step when someone comes and says it to me. I look them straight in the eye and go, absolutely, you'll be having a few people who will offer you some additional programs and products. And if you feel like it's something you want to do, great, take that. If you yep. don't, be respectful of somebody else who's earlier on their journey than you are. Correct. And as you said, um, I think what was in NAC Auckland was $39 was the entry price for that. For someone that I can, I can tell you, I've already spoken to Michael about this. I'm looking to host an event in New Zealand or in Auckland this year. I've got a few people. I can't put an event on for $39, even for 50 people. So there has to be a point in a business where you've got to make sure that, yes, it's part of the sales, but there's also other areas of how do we make sure that we can make it a cheap price point so we've got to cover some other steps in from the sales they're gone to empower people to improve themselves and which then financially help it that we could actually get people in the door as well. But you're talking about all the work you're doing, you know, and we spoke about the NAC 25-year world tour. I think it was 12, 18 months full-time work. Every month you guys have an event on. Stress levels, anxiety, uh, mental state. Big thing at the moment I want to know is how do you handle yourself to go away from the work as an entrepreneur to switch your mind off have the downtime and enjoy your family time i know you're a big family man i know you guys enjoy yourselves out in the pool at the moment i know it's a tough time in sydney at the moment in australia with the fires and uh, with the world space how do you switch off from sitting behind that desk and just getting off a call with robert kiyosaki or someone like that and going home and being able to go this is family time I'm going to enjoy my hour or two hours with the kids and, you know, before I go off to my next plane. Well, this is getting back to the entrepreneurial mindset is that I can't turn this off. <laughs> I, I was asking to know that you're going to say that because I know my mind runs like that. And I know that uh, we've got, we got a joke in the household at the moment and um, that if, if, if the wife had to put the word podcast on anything in the house, I'd always remember it. So if it was something I had to do, she would just put podcasts on it and I remember it because anything related to podcasts I remember, but anything else in life I don't. So it's that sort of same sort of challenge. So this is why I'm asking you. I know how hard you work. I know how hard you're always busy and you're always on the move. So I'm just interested to see if there's small pieces that you do, whether yeah. it's a meditation or anything, just to keep yourself a little bit more centered. Yeah. So it's a great question. And Again, um, the way that I'm built is I can't turn this off. Mm -hmm. And if I tried to, I wouldn't be the best version of myself. So my wife understands that. My kids understand that. I do schedule family time. Um, I have a very clear diary that says, this is family time. This is kids. This is this. Mm -hmm. You will see me take an RDO or not come in on a day. Mm -hmm. And that's just never happened. I'm checking emails all through the holidays. I just had three weeks at home. It was the longest three weeks of my life. Uh, <laughs> I can I'm understand. I'm still, still doing business, but I'm like looking at my clock going, okay, when's Monday? When am I going yeah. back? When can I get stuck into this? So um, there is definitely hacks and different things that I've had to manage to regulate my own um, mental health, mm -hmm. regulate my own anxiety, uh, regulate how I might feel when, when the pressure builds up. And it all comes down to having a really strict routine. As this entrepreneurial personality comes through, it's almost like riding a wild bull. Mm -hmm. uh, if you don't harness, tame, put structure and order in, 
I'm all over the place, right? Yep. And so my diary is very clear. I know exactly what I'm doing at 5.30 a.m., right through to 7.30, right through to 8 a.m. I have to jump in the shower. And my mm-hmm. diary, my calendar, everyone in my house knows that it's time to get in the, get in the shower. So if I don't have that kind of certainty, I struggle. I also have a process that I mentally go through every single day. And I've had a mantra, uh, if you want to call it that, um, something that I've said for many years. I'm going to say 16 years now. And it's I'm 100% happy, healthy, wealthy, and wise. And daily I empower others to follow their heart, lead, and succeed. That encompasses everything that's important to me, everything that, that drives me. All of that process, that statement is linked to my highest values. Mm-hmm. That's my family, my wealth, my health, everything about me. And I can put it into a process like that. And I get up, I go through a process, I say this, I spend time working on my 10-year vision. And then I come back to what's got to be done in the next 90 days. So I've figured out some hacks and different things that work for me. Um, I would highly recommend people get outside in the morning, breathe fresh air, go for a walk, read their goals, do all those kind of things. Find a process that works for you. I talk about in, in a lot of my content is the calm before the storm. And the calm before the storm is me getting my 5.30 to 7.30 a.m. process really right. It's the calm before the storm of life, business, kids, uncertainty, and things that just happen. If I wake up and I don't find my calm and I go straight into a storm, it's difficult for me. And my my day doesn't unfold the way it should effortlessly. So come back to having a really strong process. But it does not mean I'm bulletproof. And here's an interesting thing, Lawrence, is that I don't show much stress. If you ask any of my team, if you ask my wife, stress is not obvious. On your face. Yeah. It's not a symptom. It's not, I don't go, <gasps> I'm stressed. But what you don't manage internally manifests physically. Mm-hmm. So you need to get onto that and you need to start to understand how your body works, how to regulate these kind of things. I still don't know. I have had checks. I'm almost 40 and they have had every check under the sun because I'm almost 40 and everything looks and feels right. Yep. But every single day I set that strong intention. I believe that's what's helped me remain very clear, healthy, happy, wealthy and wise and being able to spend time with my family is because I ingrain that process, that saying and that echoes through my body in every cell at 5.30 in the morning. Yep. That's what helps me. But we could have another podcast in 12 months' time and I might find something else. And this is the evolution of an entrepreneur. You need to keep Correct. working on yourself. You will find little hacks, little ways, little things that you'll add to your repertoire, add to your process that'll give you that hack. So I'm not going to say you do these three things it'll change your life forever. Find some process systems and ways for you to regulate. And, you know, when it does get stressful and when you do feel like that anxiety is coming up, then uh, for me, I get back to the faces of my kids. Yep. I get back to my 10-year vision and mission and I can regulate really quickly um, because I've had to do it for many, many years. That's awesome. I love the message. Um, you know, yeah. it is interesting, as you said, about 
what can you do when you know what your style is when it's not when you're not the norm you can't switch off but it's it's great to see you have the understanding from the family and the team around you to what works and what is working for yourself as well one thing i've got to ask is how's your boys golf game going you know what <laughs> we played a <laughs> golf over the break um you know he's so busy on youtube and <laughs> And everything else right now, it's a distraction to go, Chase, let's hit the golf course for yeah. four hours. He's like, four hours? I could watch so much YouTube at that time. So, <laughs> yeah. um, but he's great. I, I love spending time with him. I love going and playing golf. And uh, I appreciate you asking. Yeah, it's awesome. I'm, I try I try my luck at um, whenever you're back in uh, Auckland again, you can come play with me in a couple of mates. We try and play. Uh, we try and play. And it doesn't, doesn't go really well, but we have a great time. And there's a bit of tequila on the golf course. Oh, I like that. that. I like that. So, um, so yeah. So before, one more thing I just wanted to, to ask you before we end off. Uh, I know you're on a tight time frame. Which person in the last five years made you giddy, giddy like a kid when you met them? Which male, female, power person? I can imagine there's a few people or that you've seen or there's someone that you still haven't got in front of. Which is that one person that makes you smile like a kid? You know what? I haven't conquered this one yet. Um... It's it's definitely Jay Z for me. Oh, um, damn! <laughs> I've even visualised. You I mean I, yeah. I'm pretty cool, calm, and collected when I meet these kind of people. I consciously yeah. stay in that state. Yeah. I don't want to be this overexcited fan. Mm -hmm. Really hard to do business with somebody when they're they've got this hyper <laughs> um, hyper emotion. So <laughs> even though I might be sitting across the table from somebody going holy shit, this is such and such who I've seen on the TV and this mm -hmm. for years. I'm always trying to keep my, keep my, my, my center. But I've, I think if I, when I meet Jay-Z, I think it's going to be this very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but, and I've often visualized and thought about what would I do, say, how would I conduct myself in that situation? Because I, I feel that it's, I've got to see it and feel it here first before yep. it'll actually happen. Um, I have a very strong um, perception to manifesting the things you want in your life. Mm -hmm. uh, I have a very clear vision and mission on how I can set an intention and that thing happens in my life. So I visualized meeting Jay-Z a hundred times, um, what I would say, what it would look like, what we would do. Um, so that he's probably the one that is on the greatest pedestal right now, if I'm being really honest. Um, but do, you think, do you think, do you think it's actually helped you that you have not achieved that? So that fire is still burning? Cause I can yeah. see, I can see the way you're talking at the moment. It is true. It is a true person. It is a true passion about it. If you have achieved what's on the pedestal and you don't have someone that's just as great behind it, I, I could fall away. Let's say that. So it is interesting to see yeah. that. I believe that if you're still chasing that and he's still on the pedestal, um, it'll still give you the fire to keep going and get more people and meet more people because build those networks as it goes. Absolutely. And when I was a younger entrepreneur, I used to set goals for you know who I wanted to meet and those kind of things and you definitely put people on pedestals. Yeah. Apart from Jay-Z, he's probably one of the only people right now. But what I like to put on a pedestal, if I'm being really boldly honest, is the 10 year version of myself mm -hmm. at such an epic level that I know I'm probably not going to get to that. Yeah. So it, it's, it's kind of counterintuitive, but I want to put my future self on a pedestal because I've, 
I flipped my intentions, goals, and, and, and passion to, I don't want to achieve those things. I want to be the best version of myself. Mm-hmm. And my 10-year vision is always such a lofty goal. It's so outrageous that if I get anywhere near it, it's just an absolute blessing. So that's the kind of thing that I like putting on a pedestal right now. And like I said, it used to be objects, different people, those kind of things. Now it's kind of like, and I have so much fun with them. I'm like, how boldly can I think about who I can become in 10 years time from now? Can I be sitting next to Elon Musk on the first rocket to the moon publicly, you know, public, public tickets. <laughs> Potentially all those kind of things. But I'm always looking at, you know, such a macro version mm. I, I love, I grew up listening to, you know, Zig Ziglar and Tom Hopkins and mm-hmm. Brian Tracy and those kind of guys. And they go, think of a realistic, and they used to have the smart goals, yep. you know, time and, and specific, measurable, all that. Mine, was de- mine goals are definitely not measurable. They are so outrageous. It's yep. ridiculous. Right? And that's the 10-year version that I'm okay if I never hit it. But if I get somewhere on that trajectory, I know life's going to be amazing and, and I know I can impact a lot of people. So to come full circle on your question, I'm not putting too many things, people on pedestals anymore. Mm-hmm. The only thing I put on a pedestal is who I can become and the difference I can make. That's awesome. I love that. And I think that's a great point to end off today's discussion, uh, Michael. Before we end off today, can we let the listeners know where they can find you, to find yourself or, and success resources, your handle, the website, and so forth? Yeah, thanks, Lawrence. Um, yeah, all of my handles on air, all social media is at It's Michael Lane, I-T-S, Michael Lane, whether that's Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, even TikTok now. Um, but if you want to follow what we're doing from a business perspective, Success Resources Australia for our region, um, if not just Success Resources, and that's our global page. So, um, yeah, hopefully one day I'll meet you uh, at an event. That's great. Thanks so much, Michael. And as always, um, your handles and so forth will be on the podcast information when it goes out on YouTube or LinkedIn or Facebook and Instagram. But to anyone else that's listening today, if personal development, improvement, and anything like that is on your roadmap for 2020. Please look at Success Resources. If you're New Zealand, Australian, Australasian area, they are the main players in that space. Like I said, you can go to these events, see the biggest players for next to nothing on the cost, and that's how my journey in this path went to it. Go have a look, see what you can do, put it in your calendar for 2020 to improve yourself. But anyway, have an amazing and powerful day. Until we talk next time, see you.